Welcome along to episode 736 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be having a natter with Adam Henson. You know him from Countryfile. He also has the Cotswold Park Farm. We'll be finding out about their Summer Flare Festival. Jean-Christophe Novelli has a natter about his world of cookery. Has a bumped a hint to him. And the MasterChef finalists who we're also talking to, Pookie, at, uh, over at the Mulvern Three Counties showground for their food and drink festival over the weekend. We'll be having a natter with Will Dorrell over at Who Zoo and Dinosaur World, all about their activities this summer. And we're joined by Michelle Heaton from Liberty X as we talk about keeping the kids entertained and the competitions in the family. That's all on the way on the show this week. Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Uh, welcome to the milk bar. Uh. With the summer months ahead of us, who Zoo and Dinosaur World have got loads going on. Uh, the fellow who's actually a zookeeper to the dinosaurs is Will Dorrell, who joins me now. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I hope you're finding you well. And the fact that you've given yourself the the most difficult creatures to deal with, uh, obviously, from, from all of the zookeepers that are down there. Obviously, you, you must be the hardest worked. Oh, I tell you what. The uh, the one good thing about my job, though, is there's a whole uh, a whole film franchise built around what not to do. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so it actually makes things surprisingly easy. And the instructional videos online have been a significant help. But uh, obviously, as, since you've had the dinosaurs down there alongside the wonderful array of animals that live in the zoo, uh, it, I know it's been a boon to, to visit them. But and you're keeping busy, and you've been having some fun over the last few weeks. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we've um, yeah. Well, like you said, it's always trying to think of something different to uh, to keep people uh, entertained and um, and obviously also you know to keep ourselves on our toes as well. Um, so yeah, we've got lots of lots of different things coming up uh, up over the summer. And yeah, like you said, we've had a busy busy few weeks with um, um, we had Nigel Marvin down here. Who some people remember from Walking with Dinosaurs. He was doing a, an event not too long ago. Um, and yeah, other uh, other bits and bobs going on. Okay, so uh, the summer holidays are upon us, which means, I say, you're going to have families from across the Midlands heading over to Telford every day of the week. And uh, I know from personal experience what a a great site it actually is. Uh, I mean, everything from the lorikeets, which are amazing to uh, go through the walkthrough enclosure there, uh, through to the uh, the cats of uh, various varieties, uh, including some that are a little more domesticated, who were following me around when I was having my sandwiches, uh, to everything else in between besides and various sizes. There's something for everybody. Yeah, there is. I mean, that's really kind of you sort of hit the nail on the head there we we, we try to be as diverse and um and and really sort of make that make sure we've got something for for all the family really i mean you know obviously uh the dinosaurs are probably you know what we're best known for now um you know it's literally in our name um and um and, you know we um we consider ourselves and uh, and have been considered by other people including nigel marvin to have one of the best dinosaur walkthroughs in the country um and then you know like you said we've also got other fantastic real walkthrough enclosures <laughs> with things like the lorikeets the wallabies the lemurs um and then obviously a lot of other animals that you can just you know look at or go to talks about you know things like our big cats the caracal the lynx um and the bobcats and then obviously everybody loves meerkats don't they so um you know there's um there's plenty of them um so yeah we really try and uh, try and have as much for the whole family as uh, as possible yeah but i think you mentioned there in there though the uh, the lemurs and i was amazed how interactive that was not only for those who obviously upgraded to the the animal uh, zookeeper type experience but for yeah. everybody else as well they wanted to be part of it those those uh, are very furry friendly creatures down there 
Oh yeah, they are definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you, you sort of touched upon it there. We do obviously VIP experiences um, with sort of a variety of animals and the lemurs are uh, for understandable reasons, one of the most populars. Um, but um uh, but yeah, even just for sort of general visitors going in there, um, you know, the lemurs, we we have a, a no touching rule uh, that people can't touch the lemurs, but unfortunately the lemurs don't tend to get that memo. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's quite often that we're having to sort of usher them off people's shoulders and stuff like that, um, which um, is, is obviously great for, um, great for the people going through there. Um, so yeah, like you said, they really are, really, we're very, very lucky with the particular bunch we've got are really, really interactive and friendly as well. I mean, you know, that's obviously... An important thing you don't want them to be interactive but unfriendly uh so you know you need to you need to have that balance and it's a, a, a nice uh size park to walk around as well and you've even got some uh, traditional domestic uh domesticated farm animals as well we do yeah so we've still got um you know obviously uh, a lot of a lot of people remember us as who farm um you know we, we were who farm for 30 years of our life um first as who farm country park and then who farm animal kingdom and um you know we we don't ever want to let go of those roots so we have got some you know still uh, of the you know good old uh, good old bog standard uh, farm animals things like sheep goats um slightly more unusual farm animals like llamas um we uh, we still have pigs. We don't have any cows any longer. Uh, we did we did decide to, uh, to decide to move the cows on a few a few years ago. But yeah, we still got those um, uh, those farm animals and pretty much all of them you can feed as well. I mean, you know, we sell pots of food that pe people can get and, and go and hand hand feed the sheep and hand feed the goats. And you know, out of all of the sort of fantastic animals that we've got here and the dinosaurs and all that sort of stuff, it's still for a lot of kids. It's still probably the funnest part of their day is hand feeding sheep. Um, which is like, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think sometimes as an adult, we kind of forget those sort of like simple, simple things, really. And I think it's uh, for good of kids and adults, there is something that they will absolutely love when they walk through the place. For me, I think my favorite was the dinosaurs, but uh, the, the, it, it's when you're putting a, a park together like this, and, and particularly as a family run thing, I mean, uh, you're you're family must enjoy playing there still too yeah i mean we are we, we're, we're three generations now so um so my parents opened the zoo originally um i've literally spent my whole life here grown up here um and um and yeah we've got my wife and i've got two young kids as well now who 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 love going around the animals love the dinosaurs um we do have a bit of a difficult time at times explaining to them that this is not normal um, <laughs> you know, um but um fortunately you know we, we seem to touch would be managing to keep them grounded at the moment realizing that, that this isn't isn't the norm um but uh, yeah i mean it is I, I, that's i think you've sort of hit the nail on the head there. that's sort of something that we really try to push towards is being that family orientated we're not a big corporate business we're not you know not there's, not there's anything wrong with any of the sort of big zoos and stuff like that but we still want to retain that family run feel and um you know nine times out of ten if you email you're dealing your email or you you ring or you ask to speak to somebody you're dealing with one of the owners and usually me uh but you're dealing with um uh you know one of us so so it means that we manage to sort of keep our finger on the pulse and um, and really hopefully as far as you know we feel retain that um that spirit mm -hmm. well i say you're a go-to for schools throughout our area as a, an educational experience during term time during the summer and the weekends this is when everybody else is down there for family experiences and uh you know just a chance to, to meander around and, and enjoy the uh, the breathtaking views across the site is, is uh, alongside the animals is good and i know that you do love the birds that you got down there the owl in particular uh being one of your favorites 
Yes, yeah, I wondered how long it would take you to bring that up. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I always say, whenever people ask who my favourite animals are, I always say it's like asking who your favourite child is. You know, you've, everyone's got one, you just don't admit to it, do you? Many people have their uh, their favourite child's name tattooed on them in some place, and you've gone one step further? Uh, yeah, I do. I have I have a portrait of um, of one of our owls tattooed on my on my right shoulder blade. Um, so, yeah, he um, uh, that's Oscar, the European eagle owl. He's... Um, about as old as I am he's actually a little bit older than me um a year or two older than me so he's a very very good age for a European eagle owl um but yeah he was the very very first owl that I trained and um I mean you know it uh, it's not a cliche to say that he trained me more than I trained him um there was literally times that I was training him to you know to to do stuff to you know sort of flying demonstrations and stuff like that and he would look at me as if to go no I think you mean to do x y and z <laughs> and and I, it would then take me a minute to realize what I'd done wrong um because he was in essence pointing out almost pointing out my flaws um so yeah he's he's the only the only animal I've actually got a tattoo of um and um yeah such wood he's you know he's still he's still in good shape but like I said he's, he's very very old for European Eagle Owl but he still he still goes strong I was slightly concerned he trained you to catch mice for when he was hungry, but that's a, probably a whole different story. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that's it, you know. I've <laughs> got a, a great side down there. Any particular events that we need to uh, to highlight over the over the summer months? Yeah, so we've got uh, a few special events coming up. Um, we um, first one is August Bank Holiday Weekend. We've got a big dinosaur-related event, um, and um, you know, with, with Jurassic Park vehicles, um, uh, interactive um, activities going on. Um, animatronic dinosaur suits roaming around site and um, and then in on the saturday night the august bank holiday saturday in the night time we're showing an interactive um cinema of um of jurassic park the original jurassic park so there'll be live actors moving vehicles um you know moving dinosaurs um all stuff like that um and uh, and then yeah also spread throughout the summer pretty much every thursday during august um we have princess days so we have some of your favorite princesses who i won't name for um copyright reasons uh are um we'll we'll, we'll be here uh, meeting and greeting kids and uh and then we're also on certain days throughout the summer as well um the dates i can't remember off the top of my head but check our website um we're doing um uh sen nights uh for families with sort of children with children with additional needs um so they can come in the farm's a bit quieter with the zoo's a bit quieter um and um and you know we'll have some we'll have like some of the loud noises turned off and stuff like that and they get exclusive use of the site um so yeah quite a few sort of different activities going on over the summer um, I also forgot we we have International Cat Day coming up very shortly. That's in early August, uh, and International Wolf Day, World Wolf Day coming up the weekend afterwards, which are both opportunities to be able to hand feed our big cats and our wolves. So we'll be selling sort of very special tickets on those days. They're available to buy on our website already, um, where you can feed some of the cats uh, through the fence and some of the wolf and the wolves through the fence as well, all in uh, aid of certain charities. So um, yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot going on. Um, which um yeah we're looking forward to it's a, it's a lot lot to plan as well but um yeah we're looking we're looking forward to it well yeah talking of planning you need to make sure you book your tickets online to make sure you're not disappointed because you do sometimes hit capacity in fact you quite regularly hit capacity 
Yeah, I mean, we are, um, um, you know, we introduced the capacity back during COVID. Um, and then uh, we also, we, we then found that actually the experience or the customer experience is just that much nicer when we're not obviously, you know, bursting to the seams. So we we have kept uh, a higher capacity now, but still a, 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 a capacity limit. Um, so yeah, as you quite rightly said, there is times that we, we, we reach that, particularly on bank holidays and particularly on weekends during the holidays. So we always recommend for people to book their tickets in advance via website it's also the only way to guarantee a rainy day pass um which uh is probably quite uh important at the moment somehow we get very unseasonal weather aren't we um so um so yeah it's the only way to guarantee that you uh, a rainy day pass um but all details about that are on our website um which is www.who-zoo.com so who-zoo.com, pop on there, check out, book your tickets and go along for an amazing family day out. But it, it doesn't have to be family day, you can go on your own whatever age, as long as you're old enough to be able to get in the building. Uh, under 16s have to be accompanied, don't they? Yeah, under 16s have to be accompanied, that's absolutely right. Um, and yeah, we have, um, you know, exactly so, we're, we're family day out, but equally we have a lot of um, a lot of adults just choose to visit. Um, bizarrely for the dinosaurs, actually not bizarrely at all, because I go places <laughs> just for the dinosaurs, so I really shouldn't yeah. comment about that. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of adults choose to, uh, choose, choose to visit just on their own without kids as well. So yeah, like we said, we really, you know, kind of, uh, there is something for, for all ages. But well, worth checking out, Who, Zoo and Dinosaur World. Fantastic family run uh, facility. Will Doral, thank you as ever for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jason. Now, the summer holidays are upon us, which means there are a load of kids that need to be entertained. Are your kids competitive? Could they be as competitive as Michelle Heaton from Liberty X? Let's find out. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Hello, darling. Thank you for having me. Well, good to have you along. And uh, when it comes down to uh, making sure the kids do uh, you know, not cause complete havoc, but do have some fun at the same time, uh, you're pretty much good at you know, sorting these things out in your house. But when it comes to playing the games alongside them, you like to win. Well, I think everybody likes to win, right? Mm -hmm. Especially at games like bowling, what we're here to talk about, because you don't enter into something wanting to lose. Um, but in our household, it's my husband who is very competitive and he's one of these annoying people that wins at everything. And the survey actually shows that men predominantly are the ones that want to win and go to win no matter how old their kids are. I don't know if that's disturbing or not, but that definitely rings true with us a lot. Yeah, well, when it comes to heading down to the Hollywood Bowl, I mean, we've got a brilliant place down at Bedley Bridge in Wolverhampton, and it is just so nice to get down there, see everybody getting involved. And and whether you go into bowl or whether you just fancy a bowl of chicken nuggets, uh, it, 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 is, it is good fun, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. I went there last week for my birthday, actually, on my birthday, and I took my mum, so grandma came along. And um, we had such a great time, though. Although grandma cheated totally, <laughs> and the sides up, and then you know, push the ball from the apparatus instead of actually throwing it, um, she won. And then to commiserate AJ, who was not best happy, who's nine years old, obviously we then went to the amusement. So it wasn't just about the bowling, it was the whole experience. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of it, isn't it? It's when you want to do something you want to go to that covers all bases. And uh, whatever age the kids, as long as they're uh, able to lift one of the uh, the kids' balls and they can use that slidey thing, which I assume is what the yeah, grandmother yeah, yeah. was, I keep was on cheating with. Slidey thing. I must find out what the technical term is. <laughs> the slidey thing that that helps people cheat. <laughs> <laughs> but if, but if, yeah, if, I think it if, also, sorry to interrupt, I just, I also find that 
for me, I want to enjoy myself yeah. when I do stuff with kids. I don't just want it to be what the kids want to do because I think it's important that they see us as adults enjoying ourselves because they feed off that. Yeah, and you've got to be a big kid when it's all going on, but if you want to enjoy yourself. You want to have a bit of a giggle. And uh, I think when it comes to something where you've got you know, strange phrases like turkey and, and strike and stuff <laughs> like that, I think that adds to it as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I got a few spares and um, had to had to articulate that to my mum. She wasn't really getting the rules at all. She was just, you know, pushing the ball. Um, but also we can make our own code names. Like the kids went up there and did alter ego Wonder Woman things. And then we took selfies on the camera as well and had a right laugh. Actually, keep changing the selfie per, per game. So that was fun. And I think it starts to get exciting for them as soon as they have to change their shoes, because that, that makes bowling, doesn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, but also for me, who's a little bit of OCD, I don't like changing my shoes, and now we can wear our own trainers as well, yeah. which is which is music to my ears. That that makes me very happy. Yeah, and uh, when you're going that regularly, you probably ought to treat yourself to a pair of bowling shoes, maybe with a bit of a Liberty X logo down the side, just for fun. Hey, you never know. That's not a bad call, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it you that's worst in the family for 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 being grumpy if if the other half does win? No, no, I'm kind of now, I think with age, I've just turned 44, with age comes a place where I just want everyone not to argue. <laughs> and I want everybody to have fun. And if that's happened, then I've won. And the places like bowling, you know, you can't really go wrong. Well, I mean, the, of the competitive family games, it, it comes in only second to board games. But I think board no. games cause arguments, bowling just causes a laugh. Yeah, no, I re I can concur with that. Absolutely. Especially when you've got an 11 year old daughter who's very manipulative <laughs> at board games. But it's really nice to see that board games are coming back in fashion, as they say, you know, like AJ and Faith said, what do you mean? You know, they're totally retro now. And I, retro just means old to me. Um, <laughs> it's always been part of my life. But it's really, really impressive now to see kids wanting to do that these days when they've got so many screens around them and everything. like that. It's really difficult to pull them away from their screen time but if you're giving them an alternative or suggestions on how to be active then then you know they'll take note as long yeah. as you come with those suggestions yeah and so this is where the we're nipping down the hollywood bowl comes in as well because it is active uh they're standing up they're moving around and yeah, yeah the, the, the 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 worst they're going to do is take a few selfies and some photos and uh, pictures of the scoreboard with their name ablazoned off it every time it does exactly. so strike Exactly. We did mean Faith did a little TikTok as well. So there's loads of things that you can do in there. You know, about what the survey shown that over 50% of parents are, you know, feeling worried about what they can do over the summer holidays and how to fill that void, you know, not with a lot of people now going on holiday, saving money, we're, we're up for day experiences and things that we can do nearby. So I suppose Hollywood Bowl, you know, being so frequent and accessible and also cost effective that it, it really does relate to a lot of families now. Yeah, and uh, as we said, uh, you can go along, you can have tea whilst you're there. There's a bar for the grown-ups and obviously fruit juice and stuff for the kids. Uh, and uh, you've got uh, the, the the little arcade area too. And I, I think that's nice to maybe take a, a distraction away from it, have one round of bowls, go off, do something else and come back and use the lane yeah, again. Yeah, that's exactly how we like to do it. I actually really like the arcade. Um, I love the machine where it's the piano and you've oh, got yeah. it. I, I, I'm always on that leaderboard. That's where I'm competitive. With anything to do with music or movement, I'm, I'm there. Before you know it, you'll be creating pop hits whilst enjoying yeah, uh, and even bowling. Yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs>
<laughs> so have you got much of this planned over the summer break? Is, is your chance to shine and, and maybe hone the bowling skills even further? Yeah, I'm sure we're going to visit. I've actually got a trip to the um, Hollywood Bowl with my girlfriends on a Friday night. So that'd be more interesting, I think, actually. It's funny when True Colours come out with girl pals, they they all want to win. Um, but we've got a couple of trips away. We're going to go to Ireland to see the in-laws. And I've got loads of gigs with Liberty X, actually. So I'm keeping very busy. It's, it's very exciting. Well, it's uh, all good, all going on. So where do we go for more information? If you head over to hollywoodball.co.uk, you can find out all the activities over the summer and find out which is your nearest bowling centre to you. Check out the details. Have a good time. Meanwhile, Michelle, have a brilliant summer and uh, we Thank expect uh, more great things from you in the not-too-distant future, I hope, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that there will be. You can't get rid of me. Absolutely <laughs> not. We'll look out for you on the socials. Meanwhile, for now, uh, have a brilliant summer and I look forward to maybe bumping into you down the bowling. Never know. Thank you, Jason. The Summer Flower Festival is underway at the Cotswold Farm Park. Adam Henson is here to tell me more about it. Hello, sir. Hello. Good afternoon. How's it all going? It's all good. Yes, thank you very much. The sun is shining and the flowers have come out in full bloom. Um, the sunflowers are on the edge of bursting into life, but our wildflowers are there looking gorgeous. Now, we normally know you for your rare breeds rather than your summer blooms. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, so what we've done over the last few years, we now have what we call an events field where we have the sunflowers and wildflowers and our maize maize open at the moment. We then have um, potatoes, so you can come and dig your own potatoes and then pumpkins for Halloween. And we do various events out in a field that's attached to the Cotswold Farm Park. So as part of your ticket price, you can come into the Cotswold Farm Park, but then also go and see what's going on in the events field. Or if you want to just turn up and do the event, you can pay a separate ticket to get into that. So lots of, uh, of ways of doing this. And I mean, particularly over the summer months, uh, you're one of the go-to destinations from anywhere in the Midlands and beyond. Uh, you're just outside Cheltenham. So it is a, a, a wonderful uh, little trip down there and so much to see. And uh, really getting an idea of what farm life is like, not quite like it gets seen on TV. Your reports, yes, but maybe not other people's. Uh, and uh, a chance for, for kids to understand the whole growing cycle and how their food gets to the table. Indeed, yes. We hope to sort of entertain people so they have a really lovely time, but then go home with some messages as well. So obviously rare breeds conservation is something we've been into since we opened over 50 years ago. But on the wider commercial farm, we're growing crops for food and then we're also in a higher level stewardship scheme. So we're doing a huge amount for wildlife with pollen and nectar strips, growing wildflowers in our meadows and then strips of wildflowers to sell the seeds on to other farmers. And so we're hoping that the people that come and visit the Cotswold Farm Park will go into our conservation area, walk around our rare breeds, go into the animal barns, get up close to some of the animals. We've, of course, got a restaurant and a shop. And then our holiday site is becoming really busy, so people can pitch up in their own vans or tents. We've got lodges and uh, safari tents as well for people to stay in. So there's a lot going on. And then the addition to it is our festival field, where you can learn more about food and farming and growing and pollinators and the importance of conservation and wildlife, as well as having a really lovely time. And the selfie stations are really lovely. Your dogs are welcome into the flower festival. So that's great. And uh, also on the farm, we've got a, a wildlife walk, which is a two and a half mile walk around the commercial farm, which is beautiful as well. So you can take your dogs on that too. And then it is those pollinators which are, uh, are the, the headline there, aren't they, really? Because it's so important that we're looking after the insects in our world that are pollinating not only flowers, which we enjoy, but also the foods that we like to eat. 
Indeed, yes. I mean, I went to agricultural college many moons ago. We learned how to grow crops and sheep and cattle. Um, but we didn't really learn a lot about the environment. And so over the last 15 or 20 years, there's been a huge amount of work done now how farmers can enhance the wildlife that has been damaged partly by intensification of farming post-World War II. And so there's plough meadows going back in, new dry stone walls, hedging, tree planting. We're doing a lot to manage our soils, reduce the inputs of artificial fertilizers and pesticides and enhancing our farmland birds. We're doing bird surveys, insect surveys, you know, looking really carefully at what we've got on the farm because it's such an important part of the British countryside. And for us, you know, with a tourist enterprise, what we want is people to come into the countryside, enjoy what they can see and, and be part of whilst learning how we care for it and look after it and produce good quality food. Yeah, because uh, I mean, it's so important to enjoy locally produced food. Uh, the, the fewer miles that these things travel, the better it is. And, and we've got an amazing world around us here in the Midlands, uh, from where we are in Wolverhampton, right the way down to uh, the, the bottom end of the Midlands where you are, and then across into Wales as well. And all these areas producing fine quality food. You would hope we wouldn't need to import, but that's still not quite where we're at at the moment. But it'd be great if we could get back to being wholly sustainable. It really would. I think the UK is about 60% self-sufficient and uh, we really need to think very carefully about food security and the government does. And as a shopper, you know, the more we can buy locally, the better. The more we can buy British, the better. You know, it's good for food miles, good for the carbon footprint. And in the UK, we have a very tight legislation on the regulation of how we produce food. You know, so that's animal welfare, the environment, employment law, you know, human rights, all those sorts of things. So the less we import from abroad, the better. And as you quite rightly said, you know, you've got these amazing um, fertile lands down in the sort of Vale of Evesham with strawberries and fruits um, up, you know, into the Midlands where you've got amazing orchards. And then, of course, arable crops and livestock farming, dairy farming, beautiful cheeses, you know, across the UK and, and particularly in the Midlands area. You know, it's a wonderful, productive part of British farming that, um, yes, we should be celebrating. Celebrating and enjoying the flavours from, which is the best bit of it, absolutely. And obviously, you, you enjoy your work uh, on TV and been able to spread that message that way as well. And I, I think that this sort of it's it's just a broad picture that uh, started work with your, your dad when he got the farm going all those years ago through yourself, and then on to the next generation. Yeah, so um, I'm second generation on the on the tenanted farm. I work very closely with a business partner, and we've got a great team of, of people here working with us. So over a hundred staff now. And he's got three children, I've got two, none of which um, are particularly um, keen to come home to the family business or to start farming. They're all very interested in it and they all come and help out during um, holidays and those sorts of things. They've all graduated from university now and gone off and they're finding their way in the world. But maybe one or two of them might decide to come back in, in the near future. But at the moment, now there's no signs of that. So our um, farm tenancy and commercial lease on the farm park goes on for another 14 years. But um, hopefully with our landlord, we'll be able to get an extension sometime in the future. And uh, so we can keep it going. Well, I say doing amazing work and a great opportunity for something different to come and see, particularly over the summer break. And whilst you have those amazing flowers currently uh, brightening up the festival field, give us all the details on where we find you. So come to our website at, uh, at the Cotswold Farm Park website. You can find tickets online and the best prices are online. If you buy in advance, you can buy a flower festival ticket that lasts all summer. So you can come whenever it suits you. And uh, so, yeah, visit our website on, on the Cotswold Farm Park website and you'll find us there. Well, Adam Henson from Cotswold Farm Park. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure.
Now, somebody who brought magic to MasterChef in 2022 is Pookie oh. through to the final and here with me now. Hello. Hello, hello. Now, you've been down here at Malvern at the Three Counties Food and Drink Festival having a brilliant time and getting to share bits of your story and some great cookery tips too. Yes, I do a lot of that today. Um, so, because I've been travelling on the boat uh, in the last two months, so I come back with the idea that uh, while I'm travelling through Spain, France, Italy and Sicily. Well, I guess new ideas are always difficult to come up with. And when you're under the pressure of MasterChef, that must have been really quite difficult to do. But who's more judgmental, friends and family or the judges on MasterChef? Uh, oh, I think them both are <laughs> equally yes, that bad. Like sort of a, you know, they are very like sort of a constructive uh, mm. criticism <laughs> that they gave to me. But you mean, obviously you enjoy your cookery. Mm-hmm. But well, what really started you off on some of the, the flavours you like pulling together? I like to like sort of throw the dinner party at home. So I like to show my friend and family when they come to my house to get like sort of the impression that I'm trying and uh, the fun, the enjoyment that I'm cooking, and I want to share that fun to them all. And well, obviously, your food clearly is fun, and, and that comes across. But you put your personality into all of it as well, don't you? Oh yes, I try to I try to put my imagination in the dish. So try to like sort of create something because sometimes. It's difficult to think of something and then present it on the plate, mm. and I try to do that. Now, has there ever been a meal that you've been really, really proud of? Oh, gosh. I like uh, when I made that goldfish mm-hmm. because of, um, I did it uh, before before the show, but uh, that's just like sort of the, the once in, in the blue moon that I made it. But then in the show, it, it was the challenge mm-hmm. that you have to do chicken and egg. So I give them fish. <laughs> and that, that when the goldfish come out, that, that just like sort of the dish that I'm very proud. Oh, and when you come up with an idea like that, I mean, it's, it's almost as if there could be a supermarket range of pookie dishes as well, couldn't there? I can, I can see that coming in the future. What do you reckon? Oh, well, if, if anybody interested in the <laughs> pookie range, then let me know. Uh, what have you got planned over the next few months as well? Because I know you've got a lot of festivals over the summer. Yes, uh, i got uh, quite a few uh, festivals to do. And also, I'm still traveling uh, in the Medi- Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. So I'm still going to bring back the uh, journey, the experience and the flavor from the local area across the Mediterranean and bring back to the and, UK. And is that, is that your favorite food of the world, Mediterranean? I'm going to go around the world. You can check. Yeah, so... Yeah. The, the, so the, the, the hard like, oh, test everything. Yeah, test everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been, it's been anything you haven't liked so far? Or you just find a great flavor wherever you go? Uh, I don't particularly like uh, black sausage black yeah. uh yeah that, that that's not uh, you no you want more color than that don't you yeah i like more i like colorful i like tasty i like yeah i like all sort of things really but uh pig blood and the uh, black black sausage i'm, I'm that's I, not, not, not your no, thing no no that's not no. my thing but when it comes to something like the the, the the festival celebrations i mean do you enjoy doing meals for christmas easter and all the others oh i love that i love to throw throw the party like like you yeah. know before so i love all, all of this uh, excitement and the festival and the celebration now it may be july when we're talking we're heading into august through the summer but what would you do for christmas dinner that would be that bit different oh gosh probably um the taste the flavor for my traveling so it will be mixed the test for Mediterranean this year. So a Mediterranean turkey, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like sort of have to think of something to come up with that. Maybe the com- combination of East, meat, West. Mm-hmm. So not just like sort of Thai meat, English, but will be Thai meat, French, Spanish, Italian, Greek. So who knows? Mm-hmm. And have you got a, a favorite dessert as well? 
Oh, favorite dessert. Mm. I, I, I quite like uh, cheesecake, mm-hmm. but I like to have it in ma- many forms. Okay, novel cheesecake. So, yeah. so how, what would be the ideal cheesecake for you? Well, it, like this morning, I just done the tomato in Pukki Land. So yes. it's strawberry cheesecake, <laughs> but in the shape of tomato. So, so it no, no tomato at all. It's all <laughs> strawberry gel, strawberry puree with the cream cheese that filled with the strawberry as well. So it's fantastic. So basically you're convincing everyone you're having tomato for breakfast but actually yeah. having cheesecake. Yeah, exactly. That is amazing. Yeah. I love it. Well, where do we find you on all the socials? Uh, on, on the social yeah, media. Yeah, Facebook and everything. Oh, yeah. It's it been great. I got like sort of uh, quite a lot of followers on Instagram. I try to post my my journey, my traveling, my food that I try mm-hmm. on the way and the food that I bring back to the boat and cook it. Because cooking on the boat is a slightly different from cooking on land. Mm-hmm. Well, you're rocking at the <laughs> to begin with. Uh, and then um, you just have to be more creative with the limited space limited ingredient that you can have on the way mm-hmm. of traveling so y- you have to be like sort of a clever with that we have to pick it up fresh and fresh is what yeah. counts isn't it yes yes definitely and also i cook with uh, using solar power mm-hmm. while i'm traveling environmentally friendly food exactly that's the way to do it yeah. Pookie, lovely to meet you thanks thank for sharing you. your tips down here today oh, i will look forward to seeing you more much. in the future thank you cheers, cheers. Now, Jean-Christophe Novelli has been one of the stars of the stage down here at the Malvern Three Counties Food Festival. And, I mean, what is it, 40 years this year since you uh, arrived on these shores? Yes, 40 years, yeah, exactly. Last, last April. And uh, how do you think your food journey's changed since you've been in the UK? Have you sort of developed to the British taste? Well, yes, I think, I think, I keep saying this was the best, um, that was for sure, before the best, um, the best shows I made in my life, mm-hmm. and um, it's quite ironic because um, when I first start leaving France, stepping out from Calais, from the docks, and going through the custom, I was with a bag and a, a, a box, a metal box full of knives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I bet that caused some eyebrows to no, be raised. No, it was a long queue. You can imagine <laughs> a long queue. You can see the ferries where the trees are over there, 300 years ago, uh, away. And uh, and I was waiting and waiting slowly, you know, creeping into uh, that. They finally let you go, and um, and they stopped me. They were not very amicable gendarmes. <laughs> they were just routine things. And uh, well, with, with me, they uh, they stopped and they they were alighted by my box. They said. Uh, what is in that box? I said, uh, knives. He said, knives. <laughs> so they started calling each other. I said, he said, what do you do? You, you work in a circus? I said, no, I'm a chef. He said, you're a chef. You're a chef. And you're going to England. I said, yeah. Are you sure? So he went on and on and on about, you know, the, the, what, you, what I will have to face is the lamb and mint and the red currants <laughs> and beef and fish fingers and... So basically, they managed to let me off, and um, <laughs> and from that day, everything was on uh, day to day a bonus. Mm-hmm. But you still use the occasional red currant, no, don't you? It's even though it's yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I, mean, I love I love lamb and mint too. So <laughs> what's wrong with that? Of course. But you know, it's amazing how people get the wrong perception, or they very quickly get uh, influenced with some. Who are they? Those two people who who who. who 
mm, I mean, if it was a joke, it wasn't. But initially, it was not a joke. And it was an audience. I remember it was on the front of a lot of people said, Ooh, oh, that chap, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to the wrong place. <laughs> he keeps saying, you should go to Italy, Spain, or you know, go back to France. And it's funny because probably that was the best decision of my life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not about you did be that you end up being recognized in your trade or, you know, as whatever. It's the fact that I've enjoyed every single day of my life. Mm -hmm. And I've managed to do one thing and only, which I could not very well, back to my own country, which I love. I love France. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always proud to see, you know. But one thing I could not do, or I was, let's, let's call it, struggling to do, was to, um, is to express myself over there. Mm -hmm. Where here, even so I did not speak the language, I felt more ease. So imagine with cooking, and yes, effectively, uh, British chefs were not minis, you know, mm. they were not... Well, in the 80s we had Delia Smith and that was about it, I think, didn't yeah, we? And so. Keith Floyd, yeah. and, well, some fantastic people, but what I'm saying, you, it was no enough... Uh, Chef ex British chef excellence or British mm -hmm. establishment excellence, unless if you are in London. But it was no, no wrong with that because I noticed very quickly there is a lot of little places you can go, you can get some fantastic, so very uh, unusual afternoon teas. Mm -hmm. How many times I went somewhere and it's proper, traditional with the cloth, that little clotted cream next to the, you know, where do you see that? Mm -hmm. I work in bakeries in France, some of the best bakeries. That was exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And also this, this lovely uh, atmosphere. And I love the, it's natural. Also, how many times I went to a pub and I had some good, a good decent meal. Mm -hmm. And a good time. I didn't feel uh, rushed or intimidated, mm -hmm. you know. It's so, what, do we, what are we supposed to like? <laughs> yeah. What are we supposed to do in life? So exactly, you do whatever you feel that your instinct is pushing you to. So the day I took my ticket, one, a one-way ticket ferry, mm -hmm. and I remember when I went to the shop, I saved the money. I was working in Paris at the time, waiting, waiting for my employment letter coming from England. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to obviously buy my ticket, a one-way ticket ferry. And the chap said, uh, on my way to the door, leaving the shop, he said, oh, hey, young man, come back. So yeah, he said, uh, do you know uh, if you, if you, you can have a return. You can have a return for <laughs> for no less than one franc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I said, no thanks. I don't want to come back. <laughs> so it's quite funny. I never. I learned that day that you could buy a return cheaper, nearly cheaper than one way. <laughs> anyway, so um, c'est la vie, and um, here we are. And it's funny because at first I was like an individual. Mm -hmm. Of course. When you jump into a country and you learn the language, you know the language is a lot easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's exciting at first, but I think it's draining, and especially for a lot of people, a lot of people behind me, around me, trying to help me to. And luckily, I always have lots of people, you know, who took time to mm -hmm. even going through top of, top of the pop, uh, <laughs> traducing the, 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 the top of the songs and so on. <laughs> but no, I think what I saw is I saw a country of freedom, a country of. Freedom of, freedom of expressions, mm -hmm. not just in a language, not just on many different things, whatever it is, art or, you know, you know, styles or, you know, uh, but I saw, as a chef, 
I saw that it's never been some kind of a dominance over you, mm-hmm. some kind of a format, rigid format, where you have to, even if you went to work, and I did work for some not very nice places, you mm-hmm. know, there's no ambitions, they were quite happy, and then that's the, that's the way they were, and they, you like it or not, it doesn't matter, they've mm-hmm. been going for years, and that's fine, you respect that, it's a business, mm-hmm. you know, where there's no lives, there's nothing, but even so when I work in those type of uh, very average standard establishment, I never felt I was under the thumb of someone mm-hmm. trying to make me do something which was a format and has been going forever. Mm-hmm. So it's always room for expressions or creativity because I've got to say, I have spent less and less and less time as soon as coming to this country to justify myself. Mm -hmm. So if I was doing vanilla and lobsters, or even something like vanilla and tomato sauce, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I used to make up things because I was desperate to to do better and Mm -hmm. to succeed and to make a name for myself also. I knew that was the right country to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, with the Michelin stars, you've definitely made a name for yourself. Yeah, but Michelin came long time after. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was equally an exciting time where I was proving myself I was really trying to push the boundaries. In fact, yes, I was very much as much as when I starving the stars, you know, mm-hmm. moving on one to one and one. So what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter if it's a Michelin or not. Well, I mean, it's great. Michelin, what they do is fantastic, of course. And anybody chasing stars or any, any recognition, is, I, I'm respectful. But what I'm trying to say is, when you are by yourself, and you see what's going on around you, you understand what's going on. You can see it's not easy, I'm far away, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. I can see the light there. Yeah. And what keeps me going is the people who are sitting in my restaurant. Mm-hmm. Half of them, they don't care, but some of them do care. Mm-hmm. And that amount of people is enough for me to generate some excitement. Mm-hmm. How many people used to come in my kitchen because I never actually went to the restaurant? I was too embarrassed. Not embarrassed, but I did not know how to speak. And also, I was shy. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I could not be doing what the front of house were doing. I was very timid. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the kitchen, I was wild. <laughs> but in the restaurant, I was not. So, how many people used to come in the kitchen and bring me a glass of lager or whatever, wine or whatever? I used to de- distinguish them by the quality of the drinks. <laughs> you know, if it's a Petrus, of course, not a Petrus. So, and then they come back. And you can see, I don't understand what they're saying, but I can see they respect what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. They are happy. They please is still going. Mm-hmm. So they came a month or two weeks before, they come back with new friends and they're showing off to them friends what they've discovered. It's like they've been to on a new, on a new island, yeah. on a new territory somewhere mm-hmm. and nobody's been before. So what you do, mm-hmm. it's not that you've discovered and enjoyed it. It's the fact that the, the excitement of passing on that news, mm-hmm. I know something which there's none, or we haven't seen that for a long time, or nowhere. And also, I always went to places where it was not very nice. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a double effect. Yeah. What the hell is he doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. You know, and you know, it's something wrong. Well, it should be in London. No, I'm, I'm here because I don't know how to go to London, and, and I'm happy here. Mm-hmm. You said the local produce from the sea, the land. I, mean, I was, I end up in a new forest. I ended up my first, my first, uh, my first pied-à-terre was, um, yeah, the south of England and, uh, and um, 
Oh, the Isle of Wight. And very quickly, I didn't even know where was the, where was the, where were the, I actually, I promise you, actually, I just realized when I'm talking to you, yeah. I didn't even know, I didn't even know when I arrived in the area where I was, one of those areas, where pubs were, mm. nightclubs, or snooker room, <laughs> or whatever. None. Yeah. But I knew where I could buy garlic. Yeah. That's what I could month. Yeah. So rolls, red count from this, guinea mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. You know, and so on, games and this and that. Very quickly. It's funny, huh? the, 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 <laughs> live, the, the surviving. So, and, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. I'll do it again. If, yeah. I, if I did it again, if I was going to do it again, and I, I wish God allowed me to do that, and as of 50 years of going, I mean, in two years, it's going to be 50 years I've been in a trade. Yeah. And I'm delighted that my parents did the most important things to me. Yeah. I think we should show everybody <laughs> People are not coming because yeah. of me. They're That's coming because it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to show it? No, we're show the camera yeah, this is, this is quite, a, quite a lot of people are suddenly arriving here. Oh, not just there. Let's be using that one. Just, so, yeah, we've got quite a few people suddenly no, arriving. No, they're not coming for me. They're, they're like, coming because it's raining. Well, they're, they're, they're <laughs> been, they've been listening to you for a little while and, and enjoying your talks. So, oh. I mean, obviously, if, when you're doing something like this, it would be great to be able to get out and, and actually meet people and yeah. talk to them. I, I, you know what, well, I've been doing festival for on and off, 25 years, mm-hmm. and I never forgot the first time I did it was in London, mm-hmm. in 1994 actually, mm-hmm. and um, I never forgot, um, forgotten that, how shy and scared and I don't actually manage, to, I, I remember not be able to cook anything because mm-hmm. I was like, you know when you are willing, I'm happy to jump in anything, Yeah. but when I came behind the stage and I saw, I mean, it was a lot of chefs, yeah. one after one. So mm-hmm. it was quite a, a big attraction thing. So it was packed of people. And I remember I came out of the, the curtains. I'm going to bang the, 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 the stove like I do in my <laughs> restaurant. I'm going to do the best dish because I want to be the best. Or I want to produce the best. I want to please, actually. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I want to be able to get that satisfaction in her eyes. The, the real one, not like, yes, it was great. No, it wasn't great enough. I want them to, when they walk, they don't face the door when they walk. Out of the, <laughs> they look back and say, thank you, I come back. You know, I want that eyes, that pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. And I never forgot um, the amount of people looking at me, staring. Mm-hmm. And I freezed. <laughs> I could not cook. I was like, so, yeah. So you tend to get by and learn. And, mm-hmm. But it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, do you share your pictures on Instagram as well? The food, food all over Instagram for you? Yeah, we it? do. We do as a team. My wife and my... Uh, my personal assistant Nikki was fantastic. She's been with us for years now. She she she's got the flair. She's uh, you know she yeah she doesn't mean what she does and what most things are not very good. For me, I do it automatically. So it's like I take advantage of it, mm-hmm. or granted of what I do. Like today, I just did a lovely cauliflower just on my first demo, mm-hmm. and when I left, I realized I didn't take a picture of it. <laughs> You're in trouble. No, well, yeah, they're gonna, yeah, they're, on Monday they're gonna be giving me uh, my wife and Nikki some uh, some borlicans. Mm-hmm. But when I walked off, I realized it was a nice dish. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not satisfied because I'm never satisfied. Mm-hmm. It's never enough. But for some reason, this one was done well. And uh, I mean, we had Chris uh, Bavan, who's the, the host. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a very, he's special. <laughs> so it's like talking to your mate, basically. <laughs> and also, he's a chef too, too. Very good chef. Mm-hmm. 
the, the prep was done organized by somebody called Nikki, mm-hmm. who also, the, the team is superb. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, I, could, I look at the eyes and I'm still doing what I love doing. And I do <laughs> back at home or in my restaurant or, or in my cookery school. Well, we'll look out for you on the socials. We'll check out where yes, you are over the, 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 the coming months. Thank you. But, uh, Jean-Christophe Valley, thanks and for listen, it's us. a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And to every, everyone. Thank you. Happy summer. <laughs>